Hello, hello, hello. Great to be on Progressive Radio Network. And uh, what's going on? Coronavirus, coronavirus. That's the big news. And, you know, I'm not an expert in this field. Don't claim to be one. But the numbers to me add up to nothing. And I'm not good at math. But what do they got? You know, how many people have died from this thing? Not a lot. So the coronavirus is what's identified as a, an outbreak of respiratory illness, right? It's similar to SARS. So from what I hear, as of today, the coronavirus has a mild symptomatic impact on most who are affected by it. And it appears that those who have died have a history of other diseases and their immune systems have already been compromised. So they're vulnerable to any flu-like form. And what do we have in the United States? Over 60,000 people died last year, the flu. So, that's the way, you know, I, I don't see this thing as, and as I look at what's going on in China and how they close down the joint in so many places, these quarantines, I think this is a um, this is a test. This is a test. How quickly, how quickly they could control the population of 1.4 billion people. And it's also to me, it's for something to people for people to look at. And how in this day and age, government can take complete control of an entire nation and stop any resistance at any way, in any level. I mean, you're seeing it now. You know, China's biggest fear is its economy, as I see it. not the United States or Russia or anybody else. They have 1.4 billion people and they're going through an economic problem right now. I've been writing about this for years. They used to have reports that came out, they were coming out of Hong Kong, so you don't get them anymore. They stopped about eight years, 10 years ago. There were like 30,000 
major protests, strikes and things going on in China as people were fighting against, you know, not having jobs and inequality and on and on out of work. So to me, China's biggest issue is its people. And now they're $40 trillion in debt, $40 trillion, a debt-to-GDP ratio on average for a country that's solid is around 70, 70, 80 is debt-to-GDP ratio. China's is over 300. They have real, real problems here. And to me, this was a drill in some ways, completely taking over the country, quarantining people, not letting them go out. Again, I think this is, they compare it again to SARS, it's worse than SARS. 800 people died from SARS. 800 people out of what? A population back then about 6.5 Billion people, 800 in a year dead. It does adds up to nothing. And importantly, to see how it is affecting things, when you look at the equity markets, Let's take a look over there in uh, Asia, where goodbye, Rosie, queen of corona, viruses, whoa. Uh, Let's see, the Nikkei was up, the Shanghai was up, almost 1%, and Hang Seng was uh, up almost 1% too. And let's go to Europe. Did the coronavirus get over there? No. Markets up across the board. How about the U.S.? Dow up 217 points. Headline, Dow jumps 200 points to a record despite coronavirus worries. I guess it isn't worrying a lot of folks. Now, I don't see this coronavirus thing. It's going to do damage to the airlines and the cruises, and, and it's going to hurt the, ja- the uh, Chinese economy. No question about it. But I believe it's temporary. Yep. China's going down, but the markets are going up. They're calling this thing an epidemic. That's what the major mainstream media has called it. I don't see it like that. Again, I only go by the numbers. I'm not good at math, but uh, the numbers are very low. Other, other things to look at to see where this is moving, you look at commodities. So I look at commodities, you know, look at and, and copper prices went way down. Whew. Because copper is used, they call it Dr. Copper in this business. 
in the sense that it's used from everything from from uh, high tech to heavy industry. So the copper prices a couple of weeks ago, like last week, woof, they were way down when coronavirus fears really hit because China uses some 52% of all that China produced each year. But now copper prices are going back up. Not high, but they're going back up. They're trending up. So I think the selling of fear is greater than the reality. And fear sells. But again, to me, the bigger story here is China clamping down on its entire population and being in total control. It's like, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be more and more of that in country after country, particularly with this whole new internet world. Facial recognition, you know, every step you take and every move you're making. So that's what I see going on. On the, on the economic front, yeah, the markets are going up, but there's a global slowdown. We saw the data coming out of Europe in the last quarter. The economy grew at the grand total of 0.1%. That's no growth at all. And now you got Rosie, queen of coronavirus. It's going to slow things down even more. Again, I think it's temporary, but it's still going to have an economic impact. And dollar, dollar is now at a high we haven't seen since last October. And even though the dollar is getting stronger, gold prices are still up there. And it's usually an inverse relationship. The stronger dollar weaker the gold there's a reason for it that you got to buy gold with dollars it's dollar based so now all these countries there where their currencies are going lower they need more of their money to buy gold. So the stronger the US dollar tends to keep gold prices lower, and the weaker the dollar, the higher gold prices go, it increases demand, because again, gold can be purchased, more of it, when the dollar is weaker. So Forbes 
last July, big story, get ready for a weaker US dollar, <laughs> stronger gold. I guess they were wrong. I'm mentioning this because gold is telling you a story or is telling me a story. The motto of the Trends Journal is think for yourself. It's telling a story that there's fear out there in the investment world and that money is being taken out of markets by a lot of groups and going into bonds and gold. Gold is the ultimate safe haven. They say that the Neolithic period some 12,000 years ago marked the first discovery of gold. And of course, gold ornaments, you know, have been in rings and jewelry. It's a rare metal. And there's not a lot of it out there. So again, I don't tell people what to do. I don't give financial advice. But gold prices staying where they are, to me, means something. And you know, you, you, you could buy it with ETFs, exchange-traded funds, for retirement. And people are afraid to do that because they say the government will confiscate gold, as they did in 1933. When things go bad, I agree they can. But, you know, that's another way of looking at it. If you have any investment money to put it into, another way of doing it. And silver usually follows, but silver's been lagging. <clears throat> so, that's where we are. It's definitely, to me... We're going to see a lot worse going on with the global economy. And when it happens, and it could be one of these things again, the, uh, these, these unforeseen episodes, these black swan events, like something worse than the coronavirus. So the dollar's riding high, and so is the Dow. This other thing that this virus is going to do, it'll give an excuse to lower interest rates. They're going to lower interest rates. You're already seeing the implications of it. More and more and more and more refinancing. Refinance demand drove the volume, rising 5% for the week and a remarkable 207% compared to the same 
week one year ago. So mortgage rates have been falling. And this is going to drive them down even further, I believe. The pressure from Trump on the Federal Reserve to lower interest rates is going to continue to escalate. To me, there's no question about it. Think about it. Refinance demand is up 207% compared with the same week one year ago. So what does that also mean? Well, it also means that the real estate market's gonna stay solid for a while. I don't see the great crash, the greatest depression happening until 2021. That Trump is going to become the Herbert Hoover 2021. I got to tell you, this Trump man, I look at this cat, his actions, his movements. He's a mixture between Mussolini and Hitler. And the power that we the people have given the presidents of this country is disgraceful. Again, think for yourself. That's the way I see it. Now, one person makes all these decisions for all of us. It's criminal. It's criminal. And that State of the Union address to me, that was criminality right in front of our eyes. As an American, to me, it was totally disgusting when he brought up that little clown boy, Juan Guaido, from Venezuela. And they're calling him the Venezuelan Obama. Yeah. Obama, the mass murderer, like the rest of them. I'm really good at killing people. So here we have the State of the Union address by the President of the United States, and he honors Juan Guaido as the president of Venezuela. What's this guy doing in my House of Representatives? Who brought this guy in there? And this Guaido, his popularity and support in Venezuela is greatly weakened and continues to decline. Here's what Trump, well, I gotta come up with a name between, you gotta call him a Hitler Mussolini. What, what could be a, what could be a, 
combination of those two names. Here this evening is a very brave man who carries with him the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of all Venezuelans. What the hell do I care? That's not my country. There's a State of the Union address. What goes on in Venezuela is not my business. I am an American. We can't take care of the people we have here. Look at the homeless. Look at the destitute. Look at the conditions of this country. Joining us in the gallery is the true and legitimate president of Venezuela. Hey, F you, Trump. Who the hell are you to say that he is the true and legitimate president of Venezuela? Oh, me and along with 50 other countries. Yeah, 50 other murderous, lousy, slimy, low-life pieces of garbage and crap that destroyed the Middle East. Afghanistan. Oh, that one, huh? They had an election. They had an election in Venezuela. It was monitored by numerous international groups back in May of 2018. And it was ruled legitimate. Hey, Trump, hey, all you other freaky politicians out there, Oh, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a straight election over there in uh, Venezuela? Hey, how about that Iowa caucus, huh? How about that for a joke? The Iowa caucus of caucuses. Can't count the votes, huh? Oh, our app was wrong. Oh, the app by the big the deep state group tied with the Clintons, that app company, that uh, the guy, the billionaire that's behind Buttigieg. On that one, oh, you're talking about the election in Venezuela not being legitimate. Joining us in the gallery is the true legitimate president of Venezuela, Juan Guaido. And they applaud. President, please take this message back to your homeland. And they applaud. Thank you, Mr. President. Great honor. Thank you very much. Please take this message back that all Americans, are united with the Venezuelan people in their righteous struggle for freedom. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Thank you very much. And they all stood up and applauded. All these little clown freak pieces of garbage crap, repulsivekins and democrats. 
a coup being staged in the House of Representatives at the State of the Union address last Tuesday. Trump calls Maduro the illegitimate ruler, a tyrant who brutalizes his people. You want to change it, Trump? I'll tell you what. Why don't you go take him out? Hey, you call him out, go take him out. You're the tough guy, go take him out. Go on, man. Yeah, we could put this in uh, pay-per-view TV, you know. In this corner, weighing 680 pounds, bleached blonde hair combed over from left to right, back to front. With pig skin. And what did Marco Rubio say? Small hands. Donald, reality show champion Trump. And in his corner, weighing 320 pounds. Call him out, take him out. No. What you'll do is you'll steal our money, give it to the military-industrial complex, and if war breaks out, you send... The young people, a lot of them have no future and join the service because there's nothing else out there. Oh, oh. And then that other little piece of garbage crap, slimy, low-life, arrogant, stupid fool, little Chucky Schumer, He's a minority leader. Yeah, minority is a brain of a midget. Criticized Trump for failing to remove Maduro from office. Quote, if the policy was working, Juan Guaido wouldn't be in the balcony here. He'd be in Venezuela sitting in the palace. Isn't this something? What's wrong with this country of ours? How come the people aren't fighting back? How can they let this happen? How can they let it happen? The next day, by the way, Trump met with Guaido at the White House. So considering the presidents and Congress overt support for regime change in Venezuela, I forecast America and its allies will soon take measures to remove Maduro from office. Be it by instigating social uprisings or murder in the first degree. And again, that the President of the United States that the President of the United States would invite and honor a foreign agent in an overt effort to overthrow a nation's leader who has posed no threat, not, he's done nothing to the America of the American people. You don't like Maduro, fine. I could give a crap about him. 
but he's posed no threat to me or my nation. And that Congress would give this agent, Guaido, a standing ovation in support of regime change is emblematic of Washington's military mindset, passion for war, and disdain for peace. It is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. No outrage, the opposite, support. That's how this nation is going down so sharply. And it's only going to get much worse. We have, again, a cross between Mussolini and Hitler in the White House, as I see him. You look at his actions, the way he talks and talks down to people. He'll do anything for power. And that power looks like it's going to stay with him. Because the dumbo craps don't see it happening. And his Buddha gig is he dangerous. A tyrant as I see it in terms of who's behind him. He gets in office. This would be the CIA state of America. So we're going to take a break now. Be right back. Stay tuned. It's not liberal. It's not conservative. It's progressive. The truth that empowers. Right here on PRN, the Progressive Radio Network. Hey, it's Jesse, PRN Station Manager. I have an exciting announcement for our amazing listeners. PRN has a new voicemail line that will allow you to connect better with our hosts. If you can't listen live but have a question or comment for one of our hosts, just call 862-800-6805. That's 862-800-6805. This feature will allow your voice to be heard on your favorite PRN show. Thank you for listening to the Progressive Radio Network. Stay tuned to PRN.FM for more empowering ideas from progressive voices. We're moving forward and we hope you're coming with us. I'm Corrine Fenari, clinical nutritionist, physician assistant, and clinician with my co-host, Cheryl Peterson. I'm a pharmacist, nutritionist, and I'm an expert in bioidentical hormone therapy. Our program is Take Charge of Your Health. For 19 years, we have been sharing cutting-edge medical information to empower the listeners. We are able to access the wisdom of thought leaders in the field of health and medicine, bringing you cutting-edge information that you can use to empower your health. 
So come join us Sunday mornings, 9 to 10 a.m. Set your alarm. Come prepare it. Have pen and pencil and join us. We'll see you there. Bye-bye. Bye. Boy, do I love Louis Prima. I got, I have, yeah, I got so many CDs and stuff. And uh, in the morning, when I'm getting ready, you know, I put on CDs. And today I had one, I put one on from Louis Prima. And it was way back in the late, God, early 1930s it had to be. Whole different sound. I love that guy. Yeah, talking about New Orleans. da 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 New Orleans, yeah. Uh, and, and my first time to New Orleans, I went to the Mardi Gras, 1969, as a senior in college. I got left back. I should have been a senior in college in 68. <laughs> I got the end of the, end of the real old New Orleans when the great jazz cats are still playing there. Whew. Wow. By 1992, I never wanted to go back. It changed so much. We got Robert from Maryland on the line. Hello there, Robert. Yes, Mr. Salente. I'm in mid-60s. I listen to you every week. I'm glad that you came back. Um, I'm going to uh, join um, uh, Occupy Peace. Or uh, and subscription to uh, the journal. Oh, thank depending, you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, depending on your recommendation to this question, uh, should I follow the advice of Agora Financial? I'll hang up and listen. Oh, I I can't say you know what what to follow with them and 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 what not to. I, I'm not a um, I'm not a financial advisor, and I'm I'm not I'm not a guy that knows how to play the stock market at all. Uh, if, uh, not even close to it. So I I couldn't say what what to do. I will say this, Robert. Yes. That the motto of the Trends Journal, and you've heard me say this many times, is think for yourself. Uh, and it, the way I learned that phrase, by the way, was my dear father, may his soul rest in peace. When I was a little kid, I shoot my mouth off, and he'd look at me, and he'd give me a disgusted look, and he'd say in Italian, Papagallo, parrot, stop repeating what everybody else is saying, and think for yourself just disgusted with what I was saying because I wasn't being me. So it, it's really, it's up to you. 
you know, how you see things, how you feel about them. And then you decide. And by their deeds, you shall know them, no matter who it's with. And that's, that's how I would say it. But as, as far as it goes into the equities, I don't have a clue. Couldn't help at all. But thank you very much for calling, and thank you for your support. We have a, anybody else like to call? It's 888-874-4888. 888-874-4888. And again, the other thing to do is you do your research. You know, there's a whole new world out there. And it's the Alexandrian Library. You could find out what you need to know, where you need to know it, and how to know it. So again, anybody would like to call, any questions, any answers, 888-874-4888. So, on to some other issues of prime importance. As I see them, hey, protests still going on over there in Chile. Yep. Ecuador, poof, hot time going on there. El Presidente brought in uh, some stormtroopers with him uh, a couple of days ago into the parliament and told the parliamentarians that they better vote the way he wanted or else, Jack, you're dead, basically. Hong Kong, one country after another. France, Lebanon, Algeria, you name it, there are problems. Iran, Iraq, Turkey and Syria. You know, this, this Iran this is important, actually. The United States started this whole thing in early January when President Trump ordered the assassination of General Soleimani, the Iranian general. It began with the United States bombed three Iraqi Shia military sites, killing some 25 troops. It was in response to a rocket attack that Washington claimed came from Iran-backed Iraqi militia, and they fired rockets in late December into an Iraqi military base, which housed U.S. troops, and killed an American contractor. Now they're coming out and saying that never happened, that it wasn't done by the Iranian-backed Militia. This is coming from Iraq. So following the U.S. strike, which was in retaliation for the killing of an American contractor, 
United States Embassy in Baghdad was surrounded by these uh, Shia Iraqis in retaliation for the death of 25 troops and wounding scores of others. So, then the United States said, this isn't going to be another Benghazi. No one was injured. No deaths from those people outside the U.S. Embassy. They were also chanting death to America. And they did a little damage, nothing big. That was the excuse they gave for killing Soleimani on a few days later. Then in response to that, the Iranians attacked an Iraqi base housing U.S. troops. And President Trump said no Americans were injured in that missile attack. And then on about a week later or so, Trump dismissed these reports that some 34 American troops had suffered severe concussions and were being examined for possible traumatic brain injury. Quote, I heard that they had headaches and a couple of other things, but I would say I can report it is not very serious. Then a week later, the Pentagon upped the number to 64 troops. Remember, this is from zero to 64. And then two days ago, the number's now 109. 109, and a number of these troops are reported to have severe concussions. But Trump said there were no injuries in the missile attack. Heil Trump. And is anybody calling him out on this? Is it any news? No. Not at all. And now, Trump said they weren't going to be pulling troops out. But it looks like they may be. Because Reports are coming out that Trump said he wouldn't re- pull out the troops out of out of uh, out of Iraq because we built a base over there, and if they want to pay us back for the base we built, then we'll pull out the troops. But now it looks like troops are going to be pulled out, and Iran is backing off 
and not following through on the threat to abandon its nuclear deal. So we've got to see where this goes. <clears throat> but it's very interesting to watch. But what, again, what I, what I find very troubling is that Trump lied and said no troops were hurt. And now we're looking at over a hundred of them to have been injured. The other element, and, and, no, and no, no blowback in the press, nothing by the prostitutes. Nothing. You know, there's also word out that um, you're getting close to some kind of a peace deal in Afghanistan because the Taliban has just publicly announced that the U.S. provided clarification on their stance on the peace process. And whether or not it happens, we'll see. This is from um, antiwar.com. So my belief is there's going to be peace with Afghanistan and there's going to be a deal with North Korea before the election for the presidential reality show in November. Trump will do everything he can to win. And the way it looks now, when he will. If Buttigieg gets in, ain't no way, as I see it, he'll, he'll get the votes. And uh, if Bernie gets in, the only way he'll win is if the millennials buy the many, 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 many scores of millions get out to vote because he, he's going to be really hard for him to win the swing states. So yeah, they asked to get those swing state millennial votes. I mean, I can't see them voting for Texas, for Bernie in Texas. That's a, that's a tough one to look at, man. Hey, Abu, how are you up in Wisconsin? Yeah. Hello, Gerald. How are you? Well, I am fine. Yes, I am too. Thank you. Um, just, uh, uh, just, a uh, uh, passing here. Um, you know, uh, when you look at uh, what's happening in uh, in some of these democracies in in Ireland, Sinn Fein, the traditionally you know outlawed uh, party, um, completely overwhelmed the other two parties, the the mainstream, you know, um, um, and also in Germany, there's another breakdown in their. Um, uh, in their uh, electoral system, where um, the the heir apparent to um, Ang Angela Merkel has had to res uh, drop drop out uh, because they uh, one of their parties in a in an eastern pro uh, state of Thuringia uh, um, uh, 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 what's the word um, 
through its support with the AFD, the you know the the so-called right-wing uh, uh, party, and then uh, the best of all is Modi's party, the BJP, was severely de- defeated in a de- Delhi um, election. You know, so um, these things are kind of this is kind of Schadenfreude. Yeah, I didn't know about the one with the Modi one, but I knew about the other two. And the, the, one, in, the one in Ireland, it's very interesting in the sense that you cannot look at a more anti-establishment movement than when, when, when that went on over there. And the major issues from what I read was people can't afford rent, they can't afford homes, they're not getting good jobs, homeless and when you think about it it's the same thing everywhere it's the one percent that are running the show and the one percent is in virtually every country the corruption the the uh the government deals that keep getting them richer and what you mentioned about Germany with the AFD, the Alternative for Deutschland Party, and how Merkel's predecessor, who she selected, uh, dropped out. From what I read, boy, she really, the, one, the woman that, that was going to take her place was not very bright and said a lot of stupid things and did some dumb things as well. And people were shocked, actually, when Merkel selected her. So... This is going on all over the all over the globe, and it's one of our top trends for twenty nine for twenty twenty. The new world disorder. It's right in front of our face. As I mentioned before, Chile, Ecuador, Bolivia, Colombia, Venezuela, Algeria, South Africa, Lebanon, Hong Kong. France, all around the world, people are standing up and protesting, throwing out the established parties, except in the USA, the people are fighting that the repulsivekins are better than the democrats. What do you think, Abu? Oh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um... This is a repudiation of these austerity policies that Ireland was a poster child for, uh, neoliberal policies that America champions, and uh, even Germany, where you just kind of inundate a country with a million uh, migrants, uh, never n- uh, not refugees but migrants, and in India, where there's kind of this uh, almost um, brutish dictatorship not, I shouldn't say the dictatorship, but brutish imposition of, uh, against the rights of the Kashmiri people. And that was a kind of a s- separate state from a partition, from the days of partition. It was a separate altogether. And this guy wants to kind of, and, and they've been really sadistic there, shooting, you know, uh, this shot that has blinded many, many, many um, uh, young kids who are protesting. But anyway, th- th- that's my t- two cents. Um, listen, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Wishing you well and 
Well, I know you and I are, are the, uh, the same kind of species, but have a wonderful Valentine Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Valentine Day is like, not, not, like uh, not one of my favorite days. Uh, my, uh, my former wife, may she rest in peace, uh, we, we broke up on Valentine's Day, so it's so not, 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 not one of my happier days. But anyway, the um, yeah. With that, thanks for that information, uh, Abu. The uh, when you said Abu about uh, uh, India, there's also the New Citizens Act that minimizes the Muslim population. Where they have over 200 million people there, and they're protesting against that as well. Strikes are going on in India continually. Again, we've been writing about this. It's in your Trends Journal. It, it's, um, again, not because it's my magazine, but there is no magazine like it anywhere, any place on the planet. Go to trendsjournal.com. Take a look for yourself. You know, this is um, what, what's going on here. Here's one of our stories on the economic front. India up for sale. India's government has unveiled a plan to raise $30 billion in new physical year by selling state-owned businesses and other public assets. In other words, selling out the people. And they're doing this because the economy is really going down fast. They've had six quarters of negative GDP growth, of, of uh, declining GDP growth. And so they're doing everything they can to prop it up. And... The protests are going on and on and on. They're not going to stop. And what Abu said about Kashmir, how it was an autonomous region, as per the 1947 constitution that was drawn up when they finally got the British out of there. And how they're treating the people there is disgusting. So we're looking at the new world disorder. This is real. It's coming down and it's coming down hard. So stay tuned. But again, as I mentioned to Abu also, that you're seeing all this going on in all these other countries about how people are protesting against the establishment governments, but not in America. I love Trump. I'm afraid, uh, yeah, I gotta tell you something. You know, you, you know, I mean, I was going after Obama on a constant basis because his criminality, stealing our money and giving it to the too big to fails and that other little slimer behind him, Eric Holder. Yeah, hold this. The uh, attorney general, they were too big to jail. The banksters and his murderous actions, what he did to Libya. Oh, Libya just did a bombing Tripoli last night, by the way. Great job, Obama. Forgot Hillary Clinton. Oh, Samantha Powers, Susan Rice. Oh, yeah, you were great, too, about that. So, but, but now I'm saying to myself, you know, if I come out too strong against Trump, and being that the kind of people that like him on the, on the far edges of it, you know, this could be dangerous. Because to me, as I said, Anybody that wants to send me what they think about um, uh, the nickname or the name that combines Hitler and Trump and Mussolini, 
That's who I see. This guy's a power-hungry freak who'll do anything he wants to get what he wants. So we're going through dangerous times right now. Prepare, prevail, and prosper. Do what you can to secure your future. And again, support Progressive Radio Network. And if you want to know what's going on, what it means and what's next, subscribe to the Trends Journal. Because there's no other magazine like it in the world. History before it happens. And this thing's unraveling fast. So when it unravels, don't let it bring you down. Yep, you got to stay high and healthy. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Sempre pra calar a dar mano, Danny.